She wore one at the restaurant, at the gardens, even at ward socials. She glanced down at the name tag and had started to feel silly about her paranoia when he continued, The Lord delights in a beautiful flower. It is beautiful in his sight. And before she could recover, the two men continued into the garden, while she gawked behind them. A prickling sensation worked itself along her spine, and although the sun was overhead in a clear sky and the breeze was warm and gentle, she felt a chill. Is there something wrong? A voice asked behind her. It was her bishop from the LDS student ward. He gave her a protective look, then followed her gaze. A frown crossed his face. It was the same expression he'd given to overzealous returned missionaries who tried to hit her up for a date between sacrament meeting and Sunday school. A time and a season for everything, elders, he'd tell them. A time and a season for everything. Bishop Larson waited until they were out of earshot. Those men weren't bothering you, were they? No, I'm just trying to think if I've seen them before. I don't think so. Okay, but you've seemed out of sorts all morning. Is everything all right? Late night at the restaurant, and it was a tough crowd. I'm sorry, I'll get my head in the day, I promise. No worries, he said. It's a slow morning. The students are at finals. No events scheduled. Half the people this morning just want to find a quiet corner to bury their heads in textbooks. The rest are newly wed or nearly dead. He smiled at his own joke, which was one she'd heard before, but his smile was so genuine that she couldn't help but respond in kind. Anyway, don't worry about whatever is stressing you, he added. It's a good day to relax and enjoy the gardens. Thank you. I do love it here. You know, I've got it covered, he said. Why don't you take a little walk in the sun and see if that clears your head? It sounded like a great idea. The two men had disappeared in the direction of the tulip beds. She turned the opposite way, toward the children's garden, where a mother watched a pair of preschoolers racing through the rattlesnake maze. Last week an actual rattlesnake had appeared in the maze, slithered down from the hills. After some screaming and a lot of fuss, Bishop Larson had shown up with a snake lasso and unceremoniously escorted the animal from the premises. Eliza was still watching the children playing, first in the maze and then on the giant lizard statues, when she felt someone watching her. She turned, but didn't see anyone but a second mother, this one pushing a stroller up from the herb garden. The access trail to the natural areas exited the back of the children's garden, but no one was there either. Maybe she'd imagined it. Who were those men? And what did the one mean about flowers? Could her father have sent them to keep an eye on her? Or worse, court her? The same thing, in a way, as Bishop Larson's eager young returned missionaries, except, this being Blister Creek, they'd find the most blunt, creepy way to do so. Only that wasn't Abraham Christensen's style. He'd be more likely to show up himself, proudly proclaim to everyone that he was Eliza's father from Blister Creek, and then introduce one of the creepy young men as her future husband. The marriage will be at the temple the day after tomorrow, so let's go, we've got a long drive. No, she didn't think father had sent them. She could go back to Bishop Larson, let him be the heavy. He'd be happy to play the role of chivalrous protector, 
collar the young men and escort them unceremoniously from the premises. But she didn't need a man to handle these particular rattlesnakes. Eliza put purpose in her stride as she left the children's garden and took the nature trail that looped through the foothills. She ran over retorts in her mind, trying to think of the proper mix of scripture with which to season her outrage, something like her brother would say, and delivered with Jacob's confidence, too. It would put them in their place. She walked the trail without spotting them and began to wonder if they'd already left. Maybe all they wanted was to deliver a message and leave her wondering and worrying. Mission accomplished, they'd exited the same way they'd come. Eliza poked her head in the secret garden, then came down the hill by the ponds. Her mind drifted from potential confrontation to whether or not to tell Jacob and Fernie what had happened. And then she saw them. The lower pond had a pavilion where people could picnic or hold private parties. The men were emerging from the pavilion onto the main path, speaking quietly. The taller man smiled when he saw her, and the shorter, younger man narrowed his eyes and glanced at his companion, as if waiting for a cue. Eliza stopped and took a step back. "'What do you want?' she asked. "'To bring you home.' "'What do you mean, home? Blister Creek? Did my father send you?' Not your-